morning, everybody. Welcome back. Episode 6, CCT, Choose Chalk Talk. You know, appreciate everyone for tuning in. Early Saturday morning, October 9th. Great day. College football Saturday. We have some hell of a great games today. Honestly, another great week in college football. Followed up another great week last week. So, I'm really excited today. Talk about some of the games. Get into it in a second. Another thing too, this is the first episode with the new mic. Great piece of hardware. So, I guess let me know if you guys think audio and everything else is clear. I think I've done a couple test runs with it. Definitely sounds better. The enunciations and certain syllables, certain words, definitely sound more crisp and clean. So let's jump right in, hop into some game recap from the games last week. Last week, we started off with the Iowa-Maryland game. Iowa defeated Maryland 51-14. to Iowa dominated both the run and the pass. Their quarterback, Petrus, was 21 for 33, 259 yards and three touchdowns. Maryland, as to his brother, Talia Tagovailoa, he was 16 for 30, 157 yards, two touchdowns and five picks. Maryland had seven turnovers as a team. Iowa is now 5-0, Maryland's 4-1. And uh, the game was a little close in the beginning. I remember Maryland was up at one point, but... Seven turnovers, you can't win a game with that. I'm sorry. And obviously you can see that's why the lopsided score. But um, Iowa's got a big test this week versus Penn State. I'll get into it more in a little bit. But uh, 5-0 and now. So they're definitely a, a you know, shocker of the year. It's been playing well. Beat a couple good teams. Big test this week. So hats off to them. Another great game was the Georgia-Arkansas game. Georgia handily defeated Arkansas 37-0. They dominated literally the line of scrimmage. And um, JT Daniels, the starting quarterback, did not play. He had a lat strain. So they had Stetson Bennett in the game. Uh, they call him the mailman. And just to put some context, he is not good. Last year when Georgia played us, he was their starting quarterback. And we actually tore him up. So he's not very good. That's why they decided to just run the ball and control the line of scrimmage with their big offensive line. They had a total of 273 rushing yards, only 72 passing yards, no turnovers. Bennett was 7 for 11 for 72 yards, so when he threw the ball 11 times for 72 yards, completed seven passes. And they had four, Georgia had four running backs pretty much over 50 yards. One of the running backs, White, had two touchdowns and 68 yards. Another one had 48 yards, 87 and 57. So they pretty much had four guys over 50 yards, which is nuts. They also blocked a punt for a touchdown. That was a big, you know, momentum shift at the beginning of the game. Arkansas, ah, you could say they're frauds. They did beat Texas A&M handedly. Well, dominated that game, I should say, because they won 20 to 10. But definitely laid a big egg. Um Jefferson threw 8 for 13, their quarterback, for 65 yards. They really could not get anything going against that Georgia defense. Georgia is now 5-0. and 
Arkansas is four and one. Arkansas plays Ole Miss this week, a battle of the two uh, former undefeated SEC teams that could potentially laid eggs last week in a fraud. So we'll see what happens with that. Georgia has a tough away game against Auburn this week. Again, I'll get into more of those games in a little bit. But uh, Georgia looks for real. Their defense is good. Again, I'm questioning their offense. I don't think JT Daniels, I know Stetson Bennett ain't good. I'll tell you that much. But I'm really questioning JT Daniels' ability when he comes back to get the offense to score points. I know the defense is legit, but we shall see. Another game I want to hop into is the Cincinnati-Notre Dame game. Cincinnati is now 4-0. Notre Dame is 4-1. Cincinnati defeated Notre Dame 24-13. And I know the score kind of says, well, they only lost by 11 points. But it wasn't that close. Notre Dame did not play good. It was even passing and rushing yards between the both teams. Notre Dame had two turnovers. Cincinnati had one. Ritter, Cincinnati's quarterback, threw 19 for 32, 297 yards and two touchdowns. Shout out to Pierce, their wide receiver for Cincinnati. He had six catches for 144 yards, which is nuts. Shout out to that man. He balled out. Notre Dame, like I said, Cohen went 14 for 22, 114 yards. He threw a pick. But then they also took him out, and they put the backup in this kid, Pine. He went 9 for 22, 143 yards, and a touchdown. But no offense to um, Brian Kelly. If your starting quarterback throws a pick, you don't need to take him out. It's not the end of the world. You put him back in there, get him to settle down, and you come have him come back. I don't know why he pulled Cohen. I understand he wasn't playing well, but you got to put faith in your guy. He's your starter. Let him run out. It's your home game, big game. Moving the quarterbacks around, keep taking. And they, they took him out. They put that kid Pine in. And they put the third string quarterback in at one point. I don't know what all this quarterback movement does for you. Just throws him out of the ry rhythm. The offense hasn't really worked with him, so everyone's kind of out of whack. Honestly, weird decision for Brian Kelly. But shout out to Brian Kelly because he's the most winningest coach in Notre Dame history now. He just passed Newt Rotney last week. Obviously, this week they didn't win. But Notre Dame, uh, I wouldn't say are frauds. They're just not as good as they were in prior years. And you may say, well, they haven't been really good in prior years. Just every time they get far, they get smoked. And yeah, you could say that. But they're still competitive. They win games. But they just show, don't show up on the big stage. Which, honestly, I think it's based on talent. Um, I think Brian Kelly's a decent coach. Good, pretty good coach. Obviously, the winningest coach in Notre Dame history now. But I don't think they have the talent that some of these other schools have. And I think part of that has to do with how high their academic standards are. There ain't no gummies going to the University of Notre Dame. You gotta be a brainiac to get in there. And uh, switching back to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, now 4-0, they're the fifth ranked team in the country. They definitely have, like I said last week, a very good shot of making the playoffs this year. And this would be the first year a non-Power 5 school makes it. And they do have an honestly great chance. I'll get more into that after I talk about the games of the week, these is again, everything could change. There's a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different ways to the playoff for many different teams. But um, again, it's all up in the air because there's going to be so much movement between now and then. You really can't pinpoint what's going to happen. Lastly, I want to switch to the Bama Old Miss game. Bama is now 5 0. Old Miss is 3 1. Bama 
defeated Ole Miss handedly, 42 to 21. Both teams had one turnover. Alabama dominated the rushing yards in the line of scrimmage. They honestly just grinded the ball out. And again, it reminded me of like an older Alabama team running the ball, and their defense was insane, stout, flying all over the field. Start off with Ole Miss Corral was 21 for 29, 213 yards and a touchdown. He also had a rushing touchdown. Rodgers, one of their wide receivers, had three catches for 53 yards and a touchdown. Shout out to them. And uh, like I said, switching to Alabama, Bryce Young with 21 for 27 passing, 241 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. We brought Brian Robinson Jr., the running back. He had 36 rushes for 171 yards and four touchdowns. As you can see, Alabama ran Ole Miss over. They grinded him out, kept that high prolific offense off the field, and their defense came to play. They dominated the line of scrimmage, put pressure on Corral, D-backs played stout. One thing I will talk about is Bryce Young. Again, he's looking like a star in his, again, his really true playing experience this year as a starter. And he's looked good. Obviously, he needs to improve on a couple things. One thing I think in particular is when the pocket starts collapsing or he sees there's no guy open, he just needs to tuck it and run. He's hesitating a little bit, waiting too long, and then he's trying to tuck it and run. But man's got wheels. He can run like the wind. He should just tuck it and run. But, um, again, Alabama looked good running the ball. Their defense actually came to play this week, which was a shocker. Because if they put up a poor performance like they did against Florida, it would have been a long game. But decided to show up. They dominated. So I was very happy. Roll tie, good win. Last but not least, I want to talk about the Oklahoma-Kansas State game. Oklahoma defeated Kansas State 37-31. Oklahoma's 5-0. Kansas State is 3-2. Oklahoma just outplayed Kansas State. Again, it was close. They both had one turnover pop. Excuse me. Oklahoma got outplayed. Kansas State dominated with more total yards. A Rattler was 22 for 25, 243 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Like I've stated many times in this podcast, Rattler has been a disappointment. Everyone hyped him up last year. Didn't look so good. This year, Heisman front runner from the season start, and he has looked like trash. Um, Brooks, the running back, at 15 rushes for 91 yards and a touchdown. And then for Kansas State, Thompson, their quarterback, was 29 for 41, 320 yards and three touchdowns. Again, this is a big game. He's Oklahoma. In order to make the playoffs, we have to be undefeated and win out. And uh, Kansas State, like I said last week, has beaten them the past two years. So, again, they only beat him by six. Very close game. Some honorable mentions real quick. Oregon lost to Stanford. 24-31 in overtime. Oregon now has a loss. Florida lost to Kentucky. 13-20. Penn State beat Indiana. 24-0. Michigan beat Wisconsin. 38-17. Texas beat TCU. 32-27. Some of these honorable mentions I just want to throw in because they have a lot of playoff inclination. Oregon was undefeated. They were number three. They lost. Florida was in the late to teen, well, not teens, late single digits in like 10, 11, right around there. They lost. Penn State won. They're number four in the country now. Michigan's in the hunt. Texas is in the hunt. All those teams. Again, pushing possibly for a playoff push. Now switching to the intensely intense games of the week. 
And again, if you're not a fan of college football, you don't even know what college football is, this is another great week to get involved. Starting off, you got Maryland against Ohio State. Maryland is away, 4-1 against Ohio State, who is 4-1. The game is 12 p.m. on Fox, so in an hour and a half. Ohio State, as we know, lost to Oregon at home. They're number seven in the country now. If they want to make a playoff push, they would have to win out, win the Big Ten, and then see what happens to them. So Maryland, again, Talia Tagovailoa and those boys, you know, high-scoring offense. They did get stifled last week by Iowa. But this definitely be a test for Ohio State. If they lose, there's no shot at them making the playoffs, even if they win the Big Ten. So this is a big game for them. They got to show up at the shoe. Definitely going to be rocking. We'll see what happens there. Another game we got is number six, Oklahoma versus number 21, Texas. In the Red River rivalry game, Oklahoma, as we said, is 5-0. and Texas is 4-1. and It is at the Cotton Bowl, Jerry World, Cowboys Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Game day will be there. Coach Corso has probably picked his headgear. We'll be picking a little bit. Kirk, Chris Fowler, all the boys will be there. That is 12 p.m. on ABC. So, again, in an hour and a half. Like I said, Oklahoma, if they want to make the playoffs, they're going to have to go undefeated and win out. Texas, they want a shot of winning the Big 12 or making the playoffs. They're going to have to go undefeated and win out. So must-win games for both of them. We'll see what happens. And again, I don't know why game day is at that game. Because there's a lot of other big games that I'm going to get to. And if I was a fan of these other teams, I'd be pissed that game day is at the Red River Iowa game. The next game I want to jump to is Penn State. Number four, Penn State at number three, Iowa. Both 5-0. That is 4 p.m. on Fox. Gus Johnson will probably be calling that game. Gus Johnson's a great announcer, if you didn't know. He normally does Big Ten games, but he also does uh, Big 12 games as well. Great announcer. But you have the number three against the number four team in the country, and college game day isn't there. Are you like, are they on crack? Are they stupid? I couldn't, excuse me, I couldn't tell you. But. If I was a Penn State or an Iowa fan, I would feel like I was getting robbed this week. No offense to Oklahoma, Texas. I get the whole historic Red River rivalry game. But you have the number three against the number four in the country. Where else could game day be? It doesn't need to be anywhere else but in Iowa. And that place is rocking. That atmosphere is going to be insane. Penn State, we'll see if they're for real. Iowa, we'll see if they're for real. Again, both teams would probably have to win out and go undefeated to make the playoffs. With one loss, it would be close. So we'll see. Again, must-win game for both of them. But again, if I was a fan of Penn State or Iowa, I would feel chipped that game day ain't there this week. It's 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 honestly highway robbery. I'm not even a fan of those schools, and I'm pissed for them. Next, we're switching to Georgia. Number two, Georgia, who's 5-0. At number 18, Auburn, who's 4-1. Being Jordan-Hare, Auburn, Alabama. That is a 3.30 start on CBS. Again, Besides Clemson, who really isn't good this year, the trash, as we've talked about in this podcast. But this is probably Georgia's first test. On the road, in Jordan Hand, that place is going to be going nuts, trust me. All the dirty Auburn fans. I'm just kidding. They're not all dirty. Some of them are. They'll be going nuts. But um, this is a true test for them. Again, we'll see if their defense could halter Bo Nix in that offense. And I talk on this podcast, Bo Nix is okay. Everyone makes him out to be the best thing since sliced bread. I don't think he's that good. 
But again, we'll see. This is a big game for him. If he wins this game at home, beats the number two team in the country, he'll be hailed as Jesus over there. It'll be nuts. So we shall see what happens. Again, another great game, 3.30 Eastern time on CBS. And um, the last game I want to shout out is um, number 19, Wake Forest, who's 5-0 and against Syracuse, who's 3-2. and That game is 3.30 on ESPN2. And you might say, well, why are you shouting out this game? Um, I'm shouting out this game because one of my friends, she went to Wake Forest. But, more importantly, Wake Forest is 5-0. and They're the only undefeated team left in the ACC. <laughs> Which is kind of nuts if you think about it, out of the UNCs, the Clemsons, the Miamis, the, the Pitts. The Virginia Techs, all those teams have losses. So the ACC, again, I don't think if Wake Forest goes undefeated, they'll make the playoff, but this is their only real chance of, you know, playoff hope. So, again, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN2. But um, we shall see with that. Again, tons of great games this weekend. I will definitely be watching, tuning in closely watch these games. I'll probably be flipping between the Georgia-Auburn game and the Penn State-Iowa game. But again, the Oklahoma-Texas game is on very soon. So I'll definitely want to tune in for that as well. Game day will be there, but again, game day should honestly be in should be in Iowa. But again, that's not my say. If it was my say, we know where it'd be. Uh, let's see. So now... We'll transition into um, another great episode of A College View on College Football. And um, as many know, I put in a poll in last week's episode, gauge some uh, feedback, and gauge what people think about the College View and College Football. And, you know, had some great responses. Everyone voted yes that they enjoy it. So, you know, I appreciate the feedback. And I'm actually going to hear from today my buddy Lucas, Schnakis, I like to call him. He is my buddy who actually came up with the, the name College and College Football. And uh, he attends the University of Clemson in South Carolina. And um, he's going to come on and talk about some of their traditions, some of, you know, the routines on game days, the atmosphere, and stuff like that. To give everyone a view of, you know, what is, what is it like a day in the life to go to school at Clemson. And, you know, the, the atmosphere, the traditions of the football team, the game, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to turn it over to him. And uh, we'll see what he has to say. What's going on, guys? This is Lucas, uh, Chewy's friend for a couple years. Too many years. Too many years. Uh, just started going to Clemson about two months ago. So super exciting. The school I've been dying to go to. The greatest football team. Maybe not right now, but <laughs> definitely better than Bama. I'll say that. We'll definitely wash Bama whenever. Um, definitely exciting going to Clemson, uh, a lot of cool traditions, great atmosphere in Death Valley, as they say, the best, most exciting 20 seconds of college football when they're running down the ramp and touching Howard's rock, but they, uh, we start off every, uh, game day with a bunch of tailgates all over campus. Campus basically shuts down, not a lot of park unless you're paying the school to park there. I uh, roll up on campus. Like I said, a bunch of tailgates going around. I'm actually in the architecture program, so we do one at the architecture school. Right outside, we'll be cooking burgers, drinking beers. Definitely a good time playing cornhole and everything. Uh, you'll walk around campus. You're allowed to walk around with the beers open. Nobody cares. Walk past cops. They don't say nothing to you. 
it's it's definitely a cool experience. Um, so you walk down, you walk into the stadium, everybody's chanting the Clemson chants. Go Tigers. The real Tigers, not the LSU Tigers or the Auburn Tigers. Exactly. So it's 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 awesome to be a part of, awesome to be around. You walk into the stadium, just be all you'll see is all the great pictures of Deshaun Watson holding trophies, Trevor holding trophies, Travis Etienne, rest in peace with his ankle injury, but him holding trophies. It's it's really something something special to be a part of. You sit down in your seat, eighty thousand people packed in the stands, singing all the chants, C L E M S O N. Everybody's getting hyped. We don't really have any songs that we sing right away. Like the marching band plays like Tiger Rags, they call it. And that's great. Cheerleaders are dancing. Band's going crazy. Stands of the fans going crazy. And the next thing you know, you'll be a countdown. The players will come running down the hill right past all the students that are cheering there. That's like the main student section. And then they're surrounded on either side by the band and the rest of the student section. And they'll come down. They'll touch Howard's Rock, which is a rock that one of the first and most successful coaches at the school took from Death Valley, California. They'll touch it for good luck, run down the hill. Dabo will come down, sometimes waving a flag, sometimes jumping around, going crazy, getting hyped, and uh, just getting the crowd going. <clears throat> we'll kick off this year, unfortunately. We really haven't been doing that well. Our O-line's a bunch of garbage cans out there, and DJ has a tough time throwing the ball to his receivers, but we'll get through that. And pretty soon we'll be back playing Bama, whooping their butts in the natty. But right now, it's definitely disappointing to see the, the team play like this after the great years with Trevor and Watson before him. But uh, it's still super exciting to be there. I'd have to say right now my favorite memory is, I haven't been there for a while, but my favorite memory has to be when a couple of my friends came down a couple weeks ago. And uh, we were outside tailgating with all the architecture kids, walking around campus, exploring, seeing different things, and going to the stadium and watching them beat Georgia Tech. Even though it was a really close game, there was one part where there was a flag thrown, a possible targeting call. And then Skalski came in the next play, sacked the quarterback. Everything was going nuts. And then a lightning delay came and pushed the game back another two hours. But we ended up winning at the end. And it was definitely a cool experience to be a part of. So that's the whole Clemson ride right now. And it's bound to get better. And it's bound to do some damage in the future once DJ gets his uh, wheels straight. Um, you know, everybody, that was my boy, Lucas. I've known him since uh, 7th, 8th grade. Go back a long, long time. It's all right. He understands that Clemson stinks. <laughs> we all know Clemson stinks this year. Again, they'll retool. They'll come back. I'm not too worried about it. As long as Dabo Sweeney's there, kids will come. That's a big thing with college football is coaching. And the coaching brings in the recruits. Without the coach, you will not get good recruits. Just like Alabama. They're good because Saban's been there for since 2007, 2006. So, if you have the coach, the players will come. And again, I always get it. We always rag each other for Clemson, Bama. Who was better? They've beaten us in the recent natty. We beat them in the playoffs, and they beat us in the natty again. 
back and forth, back and forth, but it's all in good fun. I love him. He's a great kid, great friend. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys like the college you and college football segment. That is the man, the myth, the legend who created the idea himself, came up with the name for it. So I thought it was very cool to have him on, give some of his takes about Clemson. I haven't been to Clemson. Um, it's kind of against my religion. <laughs> nah, just kidding. I'm actually going there in a couple of weeks for a Halloween weekend. I'm going to go up and see him with a couple of our other buddies. But, um, you know, great college football atmosphere, great traditions, history that goes back a long, long time. The whole Howard Rock thing that he was talking about was something I found awesome because I knew it was called Death Valley, but I didn't know the reason why, which is kind of neat. And, um, you know, it's just great. Great to have him on. Great to have him, you know, communicate with the community and have us have him give us a different perspective on what it's like to go there. You know, like me, I went to Bama, my other buddies, you know, many of us out there don't go to all these different schools. So I have someone else talk about it. It's very interesting. It definitely sheds a different light, gives a different point of view, which is awesome. So now for the last segment, I want to talk about some possible scenarios. And everyone keeps asking me, my dad, if we talk about college football all the time. And he's asking me, well, Chew, who's going to make the playoffs? We talk about different teams. And, you know, all my friends ask me, so who's going to make the playoffs? So right now, I'll bring up the top six, seven teams in the country. So we have, and this is just as of right now. Again, it's going to change after today. Bama's one, Georgia's two, Iowa's three, Penn State's four, Cincinnati's five, Oklahoma's six, Ohio State's seven. So as it sits, Alabama and Georgia, they will have to play each other in the SEC championship at the end of the year. It's normally like the second week of December, right after the last week of season ends, or like the week after the season ends. It would be in Atlanta, Bama against Georgia. So the winner of that, well, most likely undefeated. I don't think I don't see either of them slipping up before them. The only game for Bama possibly. They have a tough game in AM on the road today at night. Starting quarterbacks out, so we'll see. But um Bama has Auburn at the end of the year in Auburn. That's always a nuts game in Jordan Hare. They always get up for that game. And George, like I said, today has Auburn away. And then they have Florida towards the end of the season. So they definitely have some good games coming up. Again, I don't think either team will lose. But we shall see. We shall see. So one of them will go undefeated. The other one will most likely have one loss after the SEC championship game. So the undefeated team went as Bama or Georgia is in. So that's one team. Then you have Iowa Penn State. Both of them are undefeated. They're on different sides of the Big Ten. But they play each other today. So one of those teams after today is going to be undefeated. And the other one's going to have one loss. And again... Whatever that may be, they might play each other in the Big Ten Championship. And then whoever wins will have either one loss or will still be undefeated. So either both teams could have one loss after the Big Ten Championship or the team could have two losses and one could stay undefeated. But again, you also have Ohio State in there. Michigan's in the mix. Michigan State. There's a lot of good teams in the Big Ten that Penn State... Penn State still has to play Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Iowa still has to play some tough teams. Iowa still has to play Maryland. They have to, well, no, they just played Maryland. They have to play Purdue, Wisconsin, Northwestern. They have to play some tough teams. But Penn State definitely has the hardest schedule. They got to play Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. So right now you could say Ohio, you could say Bama, 
or Georgia definitely going to be in. They'll be undefeated, most likely. And you have Penn State, Iowa, either with one loss or undefeated if they win the Big Ten, either one of them. Then it drops down to Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Cincinnati, if they go undefeated, they'll most likely be in. Because Oregon lost, now they have a loss. So Cincinnati, with on an undefeated season, they win their AAC conference, they'll most likely be in. So you could have three teams right there. And the fourth team could be an undefeated Oklahoma, or they might put the one-loss SEC team, whether that be Bama or Georgia. So you can look at a Bama, Penn State or Iowa, again, or a Michigan or, a Penn, or a Ohio State, one loss. That would be tough. And then Cincinnati undefeated, and then either Oklahoma or a one-loss SEC team. Honestly, I'd love to see a one-loss either Bama or Georgia. And you're going to say, well, it's the same teams. Well, no offense. When Oklahoma, they should be banned from the playoffs like Notre Dame. Every time they get in, they stink. Their defense sucks. My buddy, I told you, tried to tell me this year, Oklahoma's defense is good this year. Again, it's like the sun comes up every day. Oklahoma will not have a good defense. I'm sorry. They're trash. So, we shall see. Again, a lot of things are going to change because the three and four team are playing each other today, and they might have to play each other again. So, we can see what moves around. But again, there's a lot of movement in college football is the rankings, everyone goes up and down every week, especially when you have top five, top four. You have the number three against the number four playing. It's going to shake up a lot of different things. So, again, we'll see. But, um, again, I really can't give you a prediction besides, like, that little spitball idea because it's too much movement. So, as it gets closer, as the season keeps winding down, you'll be able to predict more because there'll be less games, less high matchups because all those teams would have played already. So we shall see. Again, everybody, like always, thank you for tuning in. You know, sorry I had to drop this Saturday. I just wanted to wait it, wait, so I could have uh, Snakes on for the college you and college football. You know, enjoy. We got games starting in a little over an hour. Great day for college football. Everybody enjoy. I know I will be watching, enjoying myself. Again, thank you for tuning in. Show me some feedback. Let me know. My email is in the description of the podcast. Say, hey, Chu, I like this. I love the college view and college football. Hey, Chu, you stink. Get off the air, you know. Again, I'll take pros and cons, constructive criticism, whatever you got to say to me. I'm open to it. And, uh, you know, I just want to share all the knowledge with the community, you know, share the love. And, uh, you know, I think we have something great here, you know, as a family, as a community. So I just want to stress that. So everyone, be good, be safe. And, uh, Another great week of college football. All right, everybody. Thank you again. Deuces.